This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Mystery. The dads are back in town. Dads are back in town. I actually never left town. You never left town. Okay. Yeah, I am was, not I can't leave town. I have a two month old. Metaphorical. Where am I supposed to go? I also haven't left town. What's new in your world of being a dad? Everyone tells me and Jamie that we're remarkably chill uh parents and that we're raising uh such a beautiful and gifted young son. Mm-hmm. Everyone says he seems very advanced. That's not a thing. Um, he never really cries. He's pretty good at holding his neck up already, which like most kids can't do until like three or four months. So okay. So you think he's going to be the next fucking president now? Could be. He's pretty. What I'm saying is, is he's swole and hyper intelligent. So yeah. I'm thinking back because I watched the Democratic debates recently, and every yeah. I think everybody on stage, except maybe Swalwell, was able to hold their neck up. Yeah. No. And that's. I think that's. Oh, Delaney couldn't. Delaney couldn't. No. There's a, a nominee called Delaney. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> I was trying to pick people that wouldn't offend anyone. Yeah. I'm not really <laughs> keeping up with this cycle. There's a guy yeah. called Buddy Gig. I know that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, That's fun. There's a guy who wants to do give everyone $1,000 a month. Uh-huh. I'll send some of that my way. <laughs> that is the thing. <laughs> hey, uh, what's his name? Andrew? Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang, send some of that $1,000 my way, bud. Yeah. There is always someone, one person running for student council whose like, only platform was like, I'll give everyone a dollar. Yeah, free sodas <laughs> in the vending machines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, this has been Politics Talk. Politics Talk, Dad Talk. Um, how's your boy doing? Mine's just, we love him so much. He's just so fun and giggly. He's starting to look people in the eyes and smile. Oh, that's scary. Um, he went to a like the Joker bar yesterday. Does he say why so serious? I say that to him a lot when he's, <laughs> when he's yeah. um, being grumpy, crying or wiggling in bed yeah. when he's supposed to be sleeping. Mm-hmm. I'll go up to him and say, "Why so wiggly?" <laughs> okay, and, and I'll also he... when he's crying, I'll say, um, "Why do we cry, Master Bruce?" <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. great. Okay. Um, so you are setting him up for success. We do a lot of Batman quotes, I just realized. Yeah. Because I also say stuff like, you were born in the dirty diaper. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Molded by it. Well, this has been Dad Talk. Dad Talk. And what I'd like to do is introduce this podcast that we have here together where we talk about the Babysitter's Club books. And the way that I do that is that I say, hi, hi. And why? Why? And welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 Mystery. Club. Club. I'm Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And every week we talk about a different mystery in the Great Mystery Cycle by the Great Mystery herself and Mystery Martin. This week we're going to be talking about a little mystery called Babysitter's Club Mystery number 21, Claudia and the recipe for danger. And they never do give us the recipe for danger, do they, Tanner? Um, 
Not they never write it out. No, and, and that was the main reason I read this. Right, I'm not a good enough cook. I'm not. You don't want to just improvise. You know that. who's got the recipe for danger? Who? As mentioned on a recent episode of the Babysitters Club Mystery Club. Who? The Anarchist Cookbook. Yeah, this book is the Anarchist Cookbook of the Babysitters Club canon. God, people just made a lot of bad cakes trying to be anarchist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of anarchists in the '90s bought this by accident because they were like oh <laughs> hell um, yes <laughs> now we're gonna get the recipe we're, for we're danger really disrupt society with this <laughs> and then they just became like they became amateur bakers fans. yeah <laughs> that's good um so what we like to do i think i was gonna say we like to sing about these books but that's our other podcast i do and yeah, we, you like to sing about these books. We like to sing about these books in our other podcasts. Please subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. It's only $5 a month, and we sing about the little sister books. But these books, we don't sing about them. We describe about them. And Yeah, and we both do um, fairly succinct and well thought out and uh-huh. personally written. Yep. Um descriptions about this book yes and i spent a lot of time on mine today I'm really and proud i'll of admit it. that i didn't and don't write my 60 second recaps no that comes right off the dome and i appreciate that yeah. um so i think what we're gonna do is we're gonna have me describe the book and i did write this myself and i think you will be hard-pressed to find any flaws in it okay i'm looking forward to listening to it great are you ready yes why wouldn't i be okay Here goes. Follow the trials and tribulations of passionate amateur bakers whose goal is to be named Stony Brook's Best. Each week, the bakers tackle a different skill, the difficulty of which increases as the competition unfolds. Claudia Kishi, a leading cake decorator, and Marianne Spear, a top artisan baker, serve as contestants. Together with hosts and comic foils, Christy Thomas and Logan Bruno, Kishi and Spear take part in the search for Connecticut's best amateur baker by testing the competitor's skills on cakes, breads, pastries, and desserts, crowning a winner after 10 weeks of competition. Babysitter's Club Mystery number 21, Claudia and the Recipe for Danger. And I did do a good job, and it was perfect. And you did do a good job, and it was very good. I can't help but notice that mm. it shares some similarities with, well, you people call it the Great British Baking Show. Oh, that's a uh, trademark, and you're not allowed to say it because you will be sued. No, no, no. I'm allowed to say the Great British Baking Show. I'm not allowed to say what the Brits call it, which is- Oh, I see. You people. Yeah. You're not allowed you to say- p- You people naturalized Americans. Oh, that's what you mean. I see. Okay. Yeah. Like you, Jack. You're- I'm an American, aren't you? I am an American now. Okay. I'm two years strong. Yeah. And you people say the Great British Baking Show, whereas us, people in the know, people who like maybe found the episodes on PBS or like maybe found them illegal. Torrented the British versions. Yeah. It went on the deep web. Hackers is what you mean when you say us people. Yeah. You found found Great British Bake Off on the deep web. That's why you were like spoiling it five seasons in advance for me. I went on the Silk Road. (laughs) <laughs> you're like oh, you got season six and everyone just kept being like you want to buy pcp i was like yeah. no no i just want great british bake-off <laughs> and please if you can just bleep that because i don't want us to i want the sued. one after mary berry leaves Ooh, oh that's gonna cost you and they're all like cockney pirates <laughs> yeah i think i think yeah. so yeah but you got it didn't you 
Uh, Jamie and I in this paternity, and sorry to go back to dad talk, but this yeah. is dad talk. We're back in dad talk now. Jamie and I, while on leave, have been watching a television program that I recommend called Shits Creek. Okay, yeah, and that is rude. And I know it's got a bad, uh, dirty mouth <laughs> pun in the title. Yeah. But it's very funny, and there's a very funny character on it, and he called David, and he's one of the hosts of the, the Great Canadian Bake Off. Oh, wow. And did you know that one. that's a thing? Because I know you're a huge Great British Bake Off fan. I am. And you're probably looking for like a fix, you know, I'm and a real you want a little bit more. Bake Off head. I guess if it's another Commonwealth country, I'll consider it. I wouldn't watch so an American do... one. No, I think they tried it and it didn't go well. Americans are too crass. It's not going to work. Us Americans. Us Americans. We Americans. I think the Canadians could do a good job. I think Australians, the Aussies I watch. could probably do a good job. Yeah. New Zealand? I think the, Fuck New, yeah. the Kiwis could do an okay job. Is there yeah. anyone else? India? Mm-hmm. India would be good. Is it India's most, surely declared their independence, but... <laughs> they have. Yeah, you're, you're some years too late on that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's good that you're caught Wales? Up. Do we consider Wales a different country? Look, this shit is very complicated, especially at the moment. Northern Ireland, yeah. Great Northern Ireland Bake Off. Yeah, well, I guess British. they're part of the United Kingdom, right? Yes. Not um, this has been Geography Club. Sandwich Islands. Or we just name countries. Um, I think what I'd like f- for you to do... Well, first I need to weave out of the air a temporal anomaly that has come to be known affectionately as a mysterious clock. Okay. Um, Can, I see and, that? Can I see that transaction take place? Or? I mean... It, Am I allowed to see? Well, I should ask, am I capable of seeing that transaction take place? I would say that you already have always already seen it, if okay. that makes sense. Does that yeah. tense construction make sense? Yeah. You're like Dr. Manhattan on sitting on the surface of Mars right. yeah. with the, the big mysterious clock yeah. sort of taken apart, floating in front of you. Yes. So if you would like, you will have always already seen that transaction. Okay. And how do I tap into that level of consciousness in order to like, am I, I guess the question I should be asking is, can I see or am I able to see the clock? It's, am I able to comprehend the future memories I have of seeing the clock in my limited form that i exist in now no um yeah no i mean it would flay your mind i have to i have to wait like fifty thousand years until i evolve into the sandworm right yes but once you do you will have always already known it and so that means you do know it now and are knowing it now if that makes sense no 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 Yeah, yeah i get it you get it. Okay, so I'm going to uh, weave a temporal anomaly called the Mysterious Clock. I'm going to put 60 seconds on it. During those 60 seconds, I would like for you to describe every single thing that happens in this novel. Hang on, i got to find my iPhone. What For what? Excuse me? For what? Oh, <laughs> wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> That's part of the process. That's part of the process. Trust the process. That's what the Philadelphia Sixers say. And... And why do they say, and what does that mean when they say that? Just, you're such a big basketball hotshot. I think what it means is that they keep tanking on their trades so they can, like, amass draft picks. Is that what it means? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. 
You pretty much got it. And they I did okay last season, but they didn't win the fucking championship. But we do so not so talk about the process. Am I right? Do not talk about basketball on uh, this podcast. What a, hey, what a dream team the Nets are this year, huh? No, we do not talk about basketball. We got rid of D'Lo, which no, is a bummer. We, and we got rid no, of Jared no, Dudley, which I personally am bummed by. Not. But we got no. Kyrie Irving no. and Kevin Durant, two of the best I, players in the NBA. I so. am Mrs. Prezioso in this equation. <laughs> and we do not fucking talk about basketball. What we talk about is what happened in this novel, Claudia and the Recipe for Danger. 60 seconds. Beginning. Now. Okay, there's a baking competition coming to Stony Brook, uh, led by, uh, 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 sponsored by a baking company, a dishware company, and Claudia decides that baking is a form of art and that she wants to join, and Marianne's on her team, and so is Shay Radowski, um, because 9 to 16 can join, um, and Logan has a team as well, and a couple other people, including Cokie Mason and Grace Bloom. Uh, but then Cokie Mason gets sick, so it's just Grace Bloom and this woman called Mari, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, whose dad is the pastry chef at Chez Marie. Um, they have the competition, and people keep sabotaging all of the cakes, uh, and they try to figure out who keeps doing it because the cakes all keep coming out bad. And then they set up some booby traps and figure out that, well, if it's not one of these uh, domineering parents, it must be the guy running the competition because he is dating a girl who they think is 16, but she's actually like 18 or 19 or whatever. And he's a like freshman in college. And time. So. Right, I thought you did a really good job. I'd like to compliment you on your job. It was really, really good. You were really dialed in. You described a lot of what happened in this book. B-plot is that... They have uh, daycare at the thing, too. Oh, Christy is a cake cop? Christy's a cake cop, yeah. Christy is really leaning into her authoritarian impulses in these mysteries. Like, when they did the mystery at the mall, she was, like, Paul Blart mall cop for a day. Right. And now they invent a thing for her that we're like, we need a, like, excuse me? Did you hear that? It seemed like it was just a knocking. Should we stop the podcast to see what what it is? Is it coming from your end? No, it's not from me. That's I heard it over on your side. It's weird. I think it's coming from... Open up! <laughs> what? Hello? What's Get happening? Get on the floor! Get on the floor! <laughs> okay. Stony Brook Cake Cops here! <laughs> we got reports that, that the cake you left at the, that cake you're baking right now is underproved. <laughs> it's got a sucking bottom! <laughs> are those walnuts? <laughs> those are gonna sink right to the bottom. <laughs> I thought maybe we could just do. I when I wrote this down in my n- notes, yeah, I wrote ooh cake cop segment. Cake cop is. I was good. like, that's gonna have legs, and Jack yeah. and I are gonna have like some fun with cake. Cop. <laughs> but I realize now that I don't know that much about baking cakes, and I kind of ran out of stuff to talk about pretty quickly. Well, you said underproved early on. Yeah, that's a Paul. I took that right from Paul Hollywood. What else does Paul Hollywood say? Um, you won't be getting a handshake. You're going to be getting the handcuffs. And oh, that's good. Yeah, I think Paul Hollywood does the handshake too. I think it has too much gravity behind it now. He does too many fucking handshakes. That's I think I it's know. it's turned. It's gross. too performative. Like it, was a, yeah. it was a fun little like gesture like the first few seasons, but yeah. then it got too. Call the cake cops on that, dude. That's what I think. I would call the cake cops if I had their number. Um, I like that segment. It's our new hit segment. It's called Cake Cops. It's our new hit segment, Cape Cops. It's hard <laughs> to say, Cape Cop, Cake Cops. Yeah, it's good. So Christie's a cake cop. And... Not going to lie, I thought cake cops would burn through a lot more tape, but... <laughs> 
Okay. We can come back to it. Okay. We yeah. do need to um, say what we guessed the mystery was, and there's a song for that. Yes. Baby Liz, Liz, come on. Take it away. That's your cue. You're guessing the mystery. So this is a segment where we say what we thought the resolution of the mystery was going to be after chapter five. And I did write something down after chapter five, Tanner, and it was not good. Okay. I also wrote something down at the end of chapter five, and it was not good. Uh, I bet it was the same. And I wrote a note on my note, and I will read them both. Note on a note. My guess was... Kyle Farmer, who is one of the boys that they're babysitting, they make us, Ann and Ellen make us learn all these new names. Julie, you, yeah, the, the, Ann, Ann two, and two Ellen, new you Tylers. have so many babies to choose from. Yeah, why? Who are these fucking people? So, but the, Kyle and Megan Farmer are these like kind of bad, ki- troubled kids who are like, I don't even know why they're there, but they're making a mess. Uh, so I honed in on them and i said kyle farmer is sabotaging all the baking framing his sister because he is a bad kid who wants attention but maybe also has some vested interest in a specific team winning um and then my note on my guess was after i realized what was going on was note on a note note on a note was ugh, great i solved the b plot (laughs) you did solve the b plot and i that is yeah, I solved the B plot. Yeah, I'll say this. I never solved the B plot, but it's only because I didn't care. It was boring and yeah, it's uh, not useless great. to the overall plot of the book. They kept bringing it in. I'm just like, I don't care about this. They're brought in to do daycare for the kids, and they wrangle the kids into doing some kind of like a kids bake-off. I couldn't really figure it out. It was stupid. Yeah. Let's be honest. Sorry, Ellen, if you're listening. The B plot was weird and weak in this one. It's what we call in the business a parade B-plot, where they're yeah. like, uh, oh, and the B-plot is that there's some kind of a parade of babies. I don't know. They're organizing a baby. It's thing. like a baking parade. And they do they do, do a baking a baby baking parade at the end. They have a, a restaurant yeah. where they serve bug salad. That's fun. Uh, my guess at the end of chapter five is actually another segment that I think I'll okay. introduce now. Great. Please. Okay, here we go. Are you going to read me a poem? Yes. Great. <laughs> Jackie will not go gentle into that good night. No age, nor place, nor time, nor day shall contain his eternal light. Though endless as the ancient, timeless white, because time with the boy no longer stays, non sia tempo, catoro chronos, no e tiempo, kinazite. Good Jackie. Thy last wave by, crying in fright. Thy frail life might have been in a doorway. Back we must go, into the dying of the light. And it's uh, Track and Jackie. That's a poem for Track and Jackie, which is our segment where we talk about the fact that Jackie Rudowski is a time walker who has come unstuck from time in these novels. She's constantly having these accidents. Yes. Wherein it's clear that he has 
blipped out of time and lived an entire lifetime in another time and place and then blipped back. We have to go back, Kate. Into the end of his accident. We have to go back. Um, yep. And so your and I, guess that was my guess. Was that? Well, so in chapter five, they they give this little hint that Jackie. Oh yeah. Is, so Shay Radowski is on the team team seven with Claudia and Marianne. So it's a weird fucking thing. There's a Bake Off that just springs up out of nowhere. Yes. And I think there are grown up bakers. There's the so the first half of the day is adult bakers. Second okay. half of the day is kid bakers. Yeah. And the main team that we're following, the POV team. Is Team Seven Claudia, Marianne, and Shay Radowski. Yeah. yeah. So Jackie is there, and in f- Chapter Five, he disappears for a little bit, and he comes back to the playroom covered in flour. Right. And everyone's like, "What did you do? And what did you get up to, Jackie?" And that was my guess at the end of Chapter Five. I said, "I have no idea, Jackie. Right. I guess." So you think, and this might have happened because the. Actual resolution to the mystery seemed fairly implausible. Um, your resolution makes more sense, and we should maybe tease it out a little bit, which is that Jackie has come uns- is blipping in and out Bip- of yes. this temporal plane, and in the course of it, like the oven time speeds up. Yep, yep, yep. And like, and like where the salt used to be, now sugar is, or vice versa, and like. And that's why all the cakes get ruined. Like cornstarch has gone through some kind of like chemical process that right. usually takes like millennia. Right. And it has turned into salt. I didn't realize this was a science show. I think that's that's a thing, but I'm not quite sure. I'm not a scientist. No, that is science, yeah. You can ask apiologists or whatever. Yeah. So then this keeps happening. Jackie keeps reappearing after going missing with like flour or sugar all over him. Right. And it eventually comes out, and this is the most confusing and confounding part but right this was like this red herring like ellen wanted us to think it was jackie right one of like eight red herrings in this book yeah eventually they corner jackie and they're like where have you been what have you been doing and he was mm. like oh some lady keeps giving yeah. me baking supplies and i was trying to bake cakes i wanted, I wanted and i made a broken too. cake yeah let, okay shall i read this passage yeah I brought the sugar to Marianne and headed for the locker room so I could rinse that salty taste out of my mouth. And just as I turned the corner, guess who I bumped into? Jackie Radowski, with flour all over the front of his green t-shirt. Jackie, I said, catching him before he could run off. What are you up to? Nothing, he said. You haven't been fooling around with other people's things, have you? I asked. No, he said. I just... I just wanted to build my very own cake. A lady gave me some stuff to use. I can be a cook, too, just like Shay. He led me to a corner of the locker room where he'd been working on his cake. And this is in scare quotes. Cake. I saw a forlorn grayish lump sitting on a plate, and my heart melted. So I I think I got it. I think I got it. Okay. Blip. Jackie Radowski finds himself in the early 1970s at the Moslin School in Wallasey on the Wirral in Cheshire. And he's decided to give up his first academic ambitions. 
see he when he was encouraged to go to to school by his father John and his mother Jillian, they really pushed him into studying scripture at the Wallasey School of Arts. But he felt so encouraged by this person he met at his father's bakery in York. It was a, the headquarters of a chain called Breadwinner, which eventually switched all the way down to the east coast of Aberdeen to um, Lincolnshire. Mm-hmm. That he stopped studying scripture, and this is that moment. This is that moment for Jack. He's, he's learning. He's being encouraged along. He's learning. And he's giving up the study of the illuminated word in order to pursue his true passion, which is baking. And then he eventually would go on to become head baker of a number of hotels, including the Dorchester, the Chester Gosvenor and Spa, and the Cleveden Hotel. Um, and then he left the UK for Cyprus, where he worked at two different resorts. And then he had a number of television programs, including BBC One's The Generation Game and okay. The Heaven and Earth Show and IFTV's This Morning. And then eventually, uh, in late 2010... Jackie Rudowski uh, became a judge on the BBC program, The Great British Bake Off. And then he flips back. And then he flips back. Into our world and all that is left of him. The the price that he paid for this life of fame, for getting out of the... Because de- you skipped the part in the Wikipedia where he made a deal with the devil to be a baker instead of studying the Lord's word. Right. And the, And what the devil said is... You will have 15 years as the star of Britain's greatest television show. But in exchange, when you're finished, I will turn you into a forlorn, grayish lump sitting on a plate. Wow. And that's what's left. I don't think I've ever heard anything, any set of words describe Paul Hollywood better. Underproofed, Paul, in the end. <laughs> the one thing you feared the most. The one thing you feared. And that's why he's so hard on people about it. Because he knows yeah. that that's what's going to happen to him one day. Yeah. He's going to be underproofed on a fucking plate in the like dark ante room of Stony Brook Middle School. Right. And that was my guess, and I was wrong, so. Yeah. You're, you're, that was your guess was that. Jackie Radowski was blipping in and out of Paul Hollywood's body. Yes. Until the two became bifurcated and one of them was just a gray lump on a plate. Yep. And in the course of it, it kind of fucked up everyone's bakes. Yep. And that wasn't the mystery. It was the guy running the contest. That's not the mystery, but it might be the plot of one of the like later British Bake Off seasons that we haven't seen. Yeah. Just to clarify to Baby Nation, though, um, one of the teammates had this woman with two overbearing parents who are local restaurant owners. Yeah. And they were really pushing her to win. And the contest runner, this guy from the cookware company. This guy called Mickey, was canoodling with her and he sabotaged all the bakes. Yep. And in the process, killing or almost killing a number of people. Yeah, could have. Yeah, he almost yeah. burned the gymnasium down. Um, there was something about rat poison. Someone yeah. was going to rat poison someone. I don't remember exactly who. Yeah, so there's. I'll read you this. And I, so this is in my 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 big question for the day, Tanner. Yeah, is how I open the show and how I'd like to continue thinking about this novel with you. Okay, because it's a question that is posed by Ellen Miles and Ann M. Martin. 
but not answered in any obvious way in the book. What is the recipe for danger? What is the recipe for danger? Because we get a recipe for like a, a blueberry, like a cherry cake, right? That actually, what you're saying yeah. now mm. in this question you're posing yeah. sounds like the, the perfect title to oh. an iBooks review okay. for this book. Okay. So what we like to do is review these books. Uh, so Tim Cook is the uh, CEO of Apple. Yeah. And Joni Ives is gone now. Every week... Tim Cook comes to us and he's he's got some new app or website in his crosshairs. And this yeah. week he's like, I'm enjoying the YouTube presence of Bon Appetit mm-hmm. a little bit too much. Yeah. Can you take them down? And I, I want a piece of that and I yeah. want you guys to take Bon Appetit down. Yeah. And so he asked us if Chris we Morocco, could... Claire Savitz, uh, Brad. All those guys. I want them all eliminated, and I want you in the guys fucking to do it via rearview mirror iBooks reviews. Yeah. yeah, and he's his position iBooks reviews as the Facebook killer, the YouTube killer, and we are. He, he described to us in an email. I don't know if he was just puffing us up, but as his crack team of assassins, comma his secret weapon. Yeah, he said kill squad. Yeah, kill squad, which I really. Really appreciate it from Tim because yeah. that's he's not somebody who's like he's an influential guy. Yeah, no, exactly. And he's taken the time uh, to build this incredible social network, which is the iBooks reviews. Yeah, and and to find influencers like us of our caliber to kind of really lead the charge. And what he likes us to do is to review the Babysitters Club books. And this week we're going to be reviewing this book. And I think the best way to do that is to really zero in on what actually is the recipe for disaster. Okay. For danger is is for it da- is. for danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to review this book. I'm in iBooks. I'm I'm in the um this is like Tron. What do they say when they when they do Tron? Oh yeah. Hey hey hey, it's the big master control program everybody's been talking about. Jacking off or jacking <laughs> in. Games. You want games? I'll give you games. Jacking in. Yeah. Is that what they say for Tron? Maybe. Like I'm in the I'm in the machine, man. Or like lawnmower man. Oh yeah, or like ghost in the machine. Ghost in the machine. I'm in I'm the ghost in the machine now. Yeah. I just don't know any of the catchphrase. What does Matrix you mean? Read it. Say? What does Keanu say? Oh, jacking in. Jacking in. Okay. Alright, so I'm jacked in. Yeah. I'm gonna jack in with you. Okay, let's jack in together. Um Jacking on? Jacking on is good. <laughs> okay. Alright, so we say it say it together? Yeah. One, two, three. This will feel a little weird. I'm jacking on. Okay. And I did like that. It was good to say, and it felt good. Um, okay. So five stars, right? Yes, obviously. Yep. Five stars. Fucking fantastic. Let me. And, yeah. Claudia book. Yep. Claudia book. Stacy's not even in it. Stacy's just back from from she, a tiff. She's mentioned as being back from her apostasy. As being yeah. back from her 40 days in she's the desert. She's been wandering in the desert. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, she doesn't have a role. A great to play. white desert called Robert Brewdoggy. Yeah, that's Brewster. right. Oh, God. That's, that's cool. true. That's that way. is cool. It's cool. Is that from the book? It's from a book. Yeah. Okay. Called the Bible. So the, the title, obviously, is going to be 
What is a recipe for danger? Yeah, and then I think the cool way to phrase this is like two parts blank, one part blank. Okay. Stir in a pinch of blank. Oh, I love this. Okay. Uh, two parts rat poison? Yep. Rat poison. Claudia does buy rat poison at one point. Maybe we save rat poison for the end. So we say two parts inspiration. Oh, I so I love this. I love... Doing a recipe of um, intangible concepts. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Two parts inspiration. One part. A dash of intrigue. A dash of intrigue. This is great. And just a pinch of surprise? Yeah. Heat over medium high until browned. Then fold into the egg mixture. Then, okay, and this is getting pretty recipe-ish. Is that you're oh, okay. cool with it? <laughs> Should we, we pull could... back from that a little bit? How about how about this? And then okay. fold into the thrill mixture. Okay, that's great. And then fold into the thrill mixture. And then now we should get recipe-ish, and we should have dangerous things. So add... Ooh, I know. Prove yeah. for 69 minutes. Do you think we'll get... And it's kind of... It's got like a sexual energy to it, you know? Don't you think that Tim Cook would ban the review if we said something that dirty? Because that's a sex number. I know it's a sex number, but I think... It, we're not saying anything explicitly sexual, and I think Tim wants us to be like a little bit horny. Because you about, know Tim. What about Tim? Tim's this? a little bit horny. What about proof for 68 minutes or so? Okay. Proof for 68 minutes, then let's stand for one additional minute. Okay, there we go. Let's stand at room temperature. At room temperature. Um, Add rat poison. Well, apply um, a dusting of rat poison to a work surface. Okay. What else is dangerous? There's kissing in this book. Yeah. That's not, that's dangerous in a different kind of way that I think doesn't work with the metaphor. Uh, oh, sabotage is dangerous. Sabotage is dangerous, yeah. What's a complicated cooking thing? Ooh, sous vide. Okay, so sous vide up some... Um, sabotage. No, it's because we're going to use sous vide up some... Sex? No. No. And it maybe is like, it makes it a little spicy, you know? Um, some... Romantic chemistry. I'm trying to keep this fucking PG-13, and you keep putting sex stuff in it. How about sexual chemistry? Because I like the alliteration of sous vide up some sexual chemistry, something, and sabotage. Okay. Sous vide up some sexual chemistry, um, comma, scintillating... No, just one word. Okay, sexual chemistry... I'm going to Google S words. Okay, so we have sabotage, um... Suspense! Suspense, of course. God, Suspense idiot. and sabotage. Can we say sexual intrigue instead of sexual chemistry? Because it's not clear from the book whether or not Marty and what's-her-face. Well, we can't say intrigue because we sexual. already have it. Okay, so here's a synonym for intrigue, and I think this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Some sexual chicanery. Okay. That's the top suggestion. Suvied up some sexual chicanery, suspense, and Chican- sabotage. Um, did we make a roux at the beginning? Because I feel like you definitely need a roux. Yeah, let's... Okay, and then... 
in the meantime, and this is something saying hello fresh recipes a lot. Yeah, as in though, the like I'm not struggling to just like, yeah, so like keep up with <laughs> like covered in fucking flour and like meat juices and shit. Okay. In the meantime, like, and then and then do a very delicate thing and put this thing on the stove. In yeah. the meantime, it's like no, no, there yeah. is no meantime. Hello yeah. fresh. All my concentration and effort is going into this first thing. Anyway, in the meantime, make prepare a roux. A roux. Prepare a roux. Pour in time travel. Um, two other things. A, da- uh, uh, a, a tablespoon. Should I say tabuspa or a tablespoon? Tabuspa. One tabuspa. Uh, jealousy. Adult on kid crime. I said jealousy. That's fine. Pour, pour in time travel. One tabuspa. Jealousy. And some good clean babysitting fun. Half a cup of good clean baby sitting and we'll put the hyphen in there fun yes great and you have babysitter's club mystery number 21 that's the recipe for danger i was thinking we could give him the recipe for danger here and then we can just say underneath also this is a great book and we loved it we loved this one um is it does that feel like enough or do you want to say something about the plot or no that's plenty that feels good okay jack shepherd too much and Tanner, Queen Ring. Yes, we love this one. I'm going to read this back to you. Ready? Yeah, make sure it scans. Five stars. What is the recipe for danger? Two parts inspiration, a dash of intrigue, and just a pinch of surprise. Heat over medium high until brown. Then fold into the thrill mixture. Prove for 68 minutes. Then let stand at room temperature for one additional minute. Apply a dusting of rat poison to a work surface. Sous vide up some sexual chicanery, suspense, and sabotage. In the meantime, prepare a roux, pour in time travel, one tablespoon jealousy, and half a cup of good, clean, babysitting fun. Also, this is a great book, and we loved it, and we loved this one. That's No, keep that. Yeah. Also, this is a great book, and we loved it, and we loved this one. Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring. P.S. We love this one. Yep. Good? That's great. Do you feel yep. good about this? Yep. I'm going to hit submit. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're welcome, Tim. There you go, Tim. Uh, and as is our tradition after doing these increasingly lengthy reviews, uh, let's take a quick break. Yes, please. Okay. Goodbye. Okay. Bye. And now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, a dilly dilly, my lord. <laughs> Oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, BetterHelp, uh, where we help evil betters to um, make small, lucrative bets on extremely wicked outcomes. Uh, Like, for instance... I bet that I can accidentally put my own bag on the weighing area of your self-checkout at the grocery store so you have to call someone over to make the machine work again. Well, basically, since you asked, it's going uh, pretty badly um, because apparently the name of our company sounds too much like the name of our sponsor, BetterHelp. See, it's pronounced completely different their online therapy that will uh, pair you with a licensed therapist in no time at all. 
Um, and in addition to not even really sounding the same as our evil company, BetterHelp is easy to use, it's entirely online, and they are super flexible, so it's no problem to fit them into your own schedule, which is completely the opposite of how we do it. Anyway, everyone's saying that we shouldn't use the name, which causes me grief, anxiety, self-esteem, and LGBT matters. And to make matters worse, um, I can't even get therapy for this stuff because I don't believe that men need therapy because I'm evil. If you're ready uh, to give online therapy a try, though, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Bedfellows. Mystery. Tanner, we have not it's talked. It's just me. Okay. And one other man in the co-working space tonight. Okay. And we're both just quietly sitting in phone booths doing things and all the lights in the building keep turning off automatically wow until one of us moves have you interacted no we just we're we're like ships passing in the night we just kind of keep turning on the automatic lights for one another do you think he's also talking about the babysitter's club with another man could be that'd be weird on the phone should i ask him Yes. He's in a he's in a glass c- conference room. So I can see him but he can't see me. Do it it'll be like in that scene in Goodwill Hunting. Oh, right. And you can just hold you can hold up the cover of this book and be like, "How do you like that mystery?" And he's like to the glass. He looks at it and he's like, "Oh." You, oh, wait, you have to be like, "Do you like mysteries?" And be like, "What do you mean? Do you like mysteries?" And then hold up the how mystery. Do you, how do you like, like this mystery? How do you like this mystery? Right. That's good. I got a number. That's good. <laughs> I think it would be worth trying. Don't you think? He seems busy. He seems you can like make a connection a like a with a friend. He's like a biz bro. I don't okay. want to bother him. Jack? I was asking you something. What? Wasn't I? We're dancing around to mix metaphors. We're dancing around the elephant in the room. Okay. And you want to confront it? I want to confront it. All right. I'll say it. Okay. If you had a charm on a charm bracelet, it would be you kissing T.S. Eliot. Okay. That wasn't it. And that was just, a, it, it was the chapter two device. Every week there's a new chapter two device and sometimes they're better than others. And this week the chapter two device was that Claudia has a charm bracelet with all of her favorite things on the charm bracelet. Like or, uh, one is a crayon and then she. It does a fantasy sequence about what charm she would put if she put one on for all the Babysitter's Club members. Right, and if she put one on for Jack Shepard, it would be a charm of Jack kissing T.S. Eliot on the lips. I don't think they make that. It's too literal, and I think you misunderstood how this would work. No, because like, Christie's is like a baseball bat, and Stacy's is a credit card. Yeah, exactly, and Mallory's is a pencil. And yours would be the, you... French kissing. kissing yeah, I understand what you're saying. But I don't think they would make... I think it would be something more metaphorical. It would be like me sitting on a beach laughing knowingly to myself over a copy of the Ariel poems. Okay, and what would mine be? Just a nerd. 
It'd probably be like a what's the isn't there a Green Lantern symbol? It'd probably be kissing Green Lantern on the mouth. Oh, do they have those? Yeah, it would be you kissing uh, Kyle Rayner. The he's my least favorite. Green Kyle, Lantern, yeah, so and that's I, who I, you're I kissing. Doubt it and that's who you're kissing. It's Kyle. I Rayner. would hate that. <laughs> and Claudia has me all wrong if that's what she thinks. Because <laughs> I would at least be kissing Hal Jordan or Guy Gardner. Probably Guy Gardner. You'd be like Claudia. You literally could not have got this more wrong. Yeah. Kyle Rayner. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this is the polar opposite of what my charm would be. <laughs> I would never be kissing Kyle Rayner. Guy, Guy Gardner, you would Guy kiss. Gardner. And that's what you wanted to talk about? No. Tanner. Alma. Alma. Guess who's back? Alma's back. Back again. Tell a friend. Because Alma's oh, back. only friend. Here, well, tell now. me then. Do you want me to text someone? Text, uh, tell the guy in the fucking glass booth. Al- Alma's back. Hey, hey, sorry. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Alma's back. <laughs> Alma's back. So they do a very bad job in the baking competition. They do a terrible job. And um, Claudia is good at decorating cakes, but she's not good at making cakes. I don't know what the fuck she's doing. She's building them out of cardboard or something because they taste like garbage. Yeah. But they look great. And the only way to save it, Marianne realizes is if she can get a copy of this fabled recipe from the Soul Baker. Oh, yeah. Oh, and she is called the Soul Baker. She's called the Soul Baker, and they're baking a fucking cake from the Soul Baker. Tanner, it's her last gift. The Soul Baker. It's beautiful. Her soul is in this cake. And then it makes it into a cookbook, because they win yeah. the competition, and that's something we have not talked about yet. But Marianne, Claudia, and Shay win the competition with the Soul Baker's recipe. At the last minute, they're going to bake a dumb cake that Claudia came up with, and then Mr. Spear runs in with new ingredients. It's okay, he said. I've cleared it with the judges. They said it was all right for me to bring you this stuff. But what is it? Marianne asked. It's the ingredients for Alma's chocolate cherry cake. Your grandmother called me with the recipe after you left this morning. He held up a piece of paper covered with scribbles. You're kidding, said Marianne. She grabbed the paper and started to read through it. This is fantastic and just in the nick of time. She turned to me. Your icing design will still work perfectly with this cake, she said. Thanks, Mr. Spear, said Shay as he took the bag and started to unload it. I cleared some of the ingredients for my cake off the counter. I was relieved that we wouldn't have to make my cake after all. We owe you one, I told Marianne's father. Just save me a piece of that cake, he said. I've been craving it for a long, long oh, time now. Oh, it's so sad. And it's the last piece of Alma, the baker herself, He's been Alma craving Baker, his wife. It's cake for so long. Yes, and He's that's it. Fuck that piece of cake. No, and now you said a bad thing. Don't Didn't you think? You? No, and you said she's a bad the soul thing. baker. She puts her soul into this no. cake. That cake is her. That cake. It's um. What's it called when Jesus does it? He doesn't. No, with the bread. Transubstantiation. It's transubstantiation. That's (laughs) her body. Okay. And Richard Spear takes a look at that, and he's like, oh, yeah, mama. And and I should disclaim that. I'm going to pork that cake. Okay, and although I hate this line of discussion, it is within the bounds of matrimony, so it's actually very sweet and not horrifying. it's within the bounds of refrigerator play. (laughs) <laughs> so it checks all the boxes for richard yeah okay it's and, like a dream come true for him yeah his long dead wife who he worships comes back and is a cake. transubstantiated into a cake yeah 
A cake? Okay, and he has conjugal relations with a cake. Hachi machi, right? And that's what you were going to say? I, I literally have, have no idea what I was going to say anymore because I'm <laughs> so fully, fully horrified. Yeah. By Hachi machi. This thing that I clearly missed in the book that is definitely a thing that is implied by Ellen Miles. Yeah, he's been craving her. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, I don't know. They call the cake Alma's memory cake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Richard remembers. Let's Okay. Okay. I have nothing more to say on this topic. Let's let's um let's see if we can find some other things that might be in the recipe for Do you want me to read you a poem? Please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Taunt, thou art sick. A very good bird that stings you so right, a knife that doth turn. It gets in your head, but oh, so soon it will cause me to have to call the bird unit. It's our bird of the week, and it's just in the nick of time. Uh, it's where we find a burn in this book. Did I find one? Jesus, it was a burn light book. It was a it was a pretty burn light book. Yikes! Alan Miles didn't even try this week with burns. What? What? Uh, shall I say mine? Um. Yeah. Unless do you want me to go first? But mine is extremely weak. Okay. Here's mine. <laughs> Pepperoni. No sausage. What about extra cheese? I vote for anchovies. Ew. The people talking were in order. Grace. Oh yeah, Grace Bloom is like their best Grace friend Bloom's in this. In this one, and they become allied with her. Best friends. It's it's yeah. huge. It's a huge part of the plot. It, it drives Cokie insane. Cokie has bronchitis. Yeah, she's sick, and she's one of the red herrings. Where it's like, oh, is she really sick? Is she sabotaging? No, she's just genuinely sick. Thanks for fucking asking. She was really ill, and she might not have made it. Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I have a little uh, compassion. Just look. I know you don't babies. like her. Okay, because she's apparently the enemy of the BSC, but have a little compassion. She could have fucking died. Right. Um, but it turns out that Grace Bloom, when she's not under the influence of Koki, is like just tons of fun. They just have a blast with her. They really yeah, get along well. Nice. They go out for pizza. I vote for anchovies. Ew. The people talking were in order. Grace, me, Marianne, Logan, and everybody. Hardly anybody really likes anchovies, except maybe Christy and her friend Bart. For everyone else, they're just a big joke. Mentioning them always gets a huge reaction. Yeah. It's a burn on anchovies. The fish. Yeah. They're a fucking big joke. They died for your fucking pizza, asshole. Imagine that. Imagine being this thing that just lives in the ocean happily, right? Yeah. Just living your fucking life. It's like, I'm not bothering no one. No one's bothering me. As far as I know, everyone has... Nothing but the utmost respect for me, as I do for them. And it's the song from uh, Little Mermaid that's playing under what they're saying. It's like, yeah. I, under Kiss the, the girl. sea. Under the sea. And you're like, I'm just going to live my fucking life. Yeah. Just assume that everything is good. Right. And then you are caught in a net all of a sudden. Yeah. And you and all your family and all your friends are dragged into the air. Yep. The open air. And you can't Suffocated. fucking breathe. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? I'm just trying to live my life. I'm trying to respect other people and other beings. Right. And then you're killed and pickled and salted and put on a pizza so that someone can make a joke about you? Yeah. And then at they your funeral. They order you as a joke? 
Yeah, at your funeral, all the other anchovies are like, oh, what happened? What happened to him? Right. And it's like, oh, it, he was ordered as a joke on a pizza. Right. As a joke. They didn't and even they fucking bear it. They threw it in the trash. They didn't eat it. They just got it, and they're like, look, Bart. Look, Christy. It's the thing you like. And Christy and Bart are like, ah, we'll eat it. And they're like, no, it's gross. We're throwing it's it It's a joke. And anchovies are a joke. And dead anchovies are an even funnier joke, apparently. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks, Ellen and Anne. It's for that burn. And it is the sickest burn of all time. Yeah, so now your burn ended up actually being pretty good. Yep. Yeah, I did. And I'm I worried felt... that mine's bad. Is it? Could I guess what your burn is? Yeah. Can I guess what your bread is just because I know you can't resist it? It's pretty early on. It goes like this. I go to Stony Brook Middle School. When school's in session, that is. School is my favorite thing in the whole world. Not. Yeah. Four-eyed <laughs> voice. Not. Is that your word? No, that's pretty good. <laughs> I just wrote down, Tanner, we'll pick this as his burn. Um, what's your burn, man? Just tell me. It's a safe space here. Well, Claudia had a pretty brutal self-burn. Okay. How about if we go over to Charlotte's and see if Stacy would like to walk downtown with us? I asked Jamie. Yay, said Jamie. Can we have an ice cream? Ice cream, I said. Yuck, how about liver instead? Okay, and that's a joke to you, Claudia? Yeah. You're just a fucking liver. cow living in the, the field? Yeah. Living your life? And someone comes along and kills you and serves up your liver to a girl and a boy in Zonenberg, Connecticut? And it's in a, a joke. cone? In a waffle cone? And it's apparently a joke to you? Yuck, how about liver instead? Jamie shrieked with laughter. No, ice cream, he said, jumping up and down. Oh, all right, I said. I just thought you'd rather have liver. Jamie laughed some more. Kids love wacky things like that, and I love to say them. Sometimes I think my sense of humor never developed past the four-year-old stage. (laughs) That is a sunburn. Yeah. Nobody, everybody was fine with it, Claudia. We were all just quietly enjoying your joke until we were like, um, maybe she does have a dramatically, medically underdeveloped sense of humor. Debilitated. Oh, that's really troubling. Right. Um, Self burn. Tanner, can I read you a poem? Oh, yes. And then I have a new poem for you that I've prepared. Fucking great. Okay. Here's mine. It goes like this. They walk in beauty, night and noon, these handsome men who do their worst, singing their beguiling tune. I find myself immersed in thirst, or as the youth say, hashtag swoon, with hashtag vapors, I've been cursed. It's our found a hot boy that made you horny this week. That's our hashtag swoon segment where we talk about the boys that made us horny. Oh, there's two hot boys who made us horny this week. There's a whole table of them. Team six. First, we tried to remember all the details of the crimes. Marianne and I figured out that whoever had sabotaged our cake on Saturday must have watched us closely and gone to our station when everybody on our team was away from it. There was only one time that had happened. Marianne was washing out a bowl in the locker room. Shay was fetching some water. And I was, I admit it, kind of flirting with the cute boy team at the next station. Mickey Stone, the blonde boy, has the sweetest smile. He sounds like he has the sweetest smile. And the other one has, like, beautiful eyes. They're in this book in a way that I wanted more of them. Yeah, they get cut. They get kind of cut. Well, then she ends up getting his number at the end. 
She gets his number. may go on a date, but frankly, I've read all of the Babysitter's Club. I've read all of the Babysitter's There's no one called fucking Mickey. Mickey's not. Think about that boy she met at camp in uh, the second super special. Will. Will. Right. They're still writing fucking passionate love letters to each other five years later. And this guy, Mickey, he's at a whole table of cute boys and he's the cutest of them all. Nothing. Nothing. I hashtag swooned. I woke up. Everybody was gone. (laughs) (laughs) I thought everyone else was going to hashtag swooned. So I hashtag swooned. And then I'm looking around and everybody's just gone. It's like just like cake batter and like dirty cutlery. And the whole thing has been packed up. And maybe they'll go on a date, but we know they won't because we've read all of these books. Well, good. Yeah, they were hot, horny boys. Yeah, they sure were. The whole table of them. Um, I have a new segment. Okay. Is it about how Mr. Spear fucked a cake? Because I don't want to hear it if it is. Um, Okay. Well, I have another new segment. Okay. That I want to introduce. And I prepared a poem. (laughs) Okay. Can I read it? Please. I'm delighted to hear it. Okay. Here we go. Oh, I had read of Pete Black in these texts I do enjoy and I chanced to see in a mystery this solitary boy no friend nor fan did Pete Black know he dwelt in the fables of yore the coolest dude in the brook of stone besides the girls of lore That is beautiful. You yet may spy Jamie come back, or Shay, or Lou, or Rosie, but memory of our Peter Black is all we can hold closely. Tonight will be a drunken deed, so segments we must plan, and give the book a careful read, let Ellen guide our hand. That, dear Jack, I'll gladly do. Tis scarcely 9 p.m. The Riddle Babies can't count on you tonight to entertain them. At this, Jack Shepard raised his beer. He cracked into a cold one. He mused on Kant and Heidegger while Tanner got some work done. Wow. I love uh, the text was scoured to and fro. Okay, there's with more many a wanton scan. To quote Henry David Thoreau, things don't change. We can. Fifteen came on before its time. He wandered through the text, and so few bits did Tanner find. His mind, it soon was vexed. <laughs> and wretched Jack, drunk on Bordeaux was shouting far and wide. His contributions to the show fell off to the wayside. (laughs) At close to ten, Jack did come to and considered what to say, but his thoughts muddled by boundless brew. No jokes to him came this day. Wow. That, and that is all He wept okay. and turning, screenward cry, Oh, Tanner, I need your genius. My wit that once was glorified is as flaccid as my penis. Okay. But on deaf ears did Jack's pleas fall, for through the Zoom window, no co-host joined Jack on the call, none to carry the show. 
But where was Tanner? Time was nigh. The podcast almost over. Just one more bit before goodbye. Before Jack's rough hangover. And that's when Jack, in drunken haze, did see his dearest friend. Lost deep within the written page, Jack could not comprehend. For what he found to bring them joy, which Tanner showed to Jack, he'd found a solitary boy. He'd found dearest Pete Black. Black. And that's the end of it. And that's the end of the poem. Holy yeah, it was a long fuck. one, I guess, huh? And and you wrote it. I wrote it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I love paternity leave Tanner. Because he's got all the time in the world. He's got all the time in the world. To write that a was a masterpiece. Poem. <laughs> and did you take all of William Wordsworth's Lucy Gray? Uh, most of it. <laughs> and put Pete Black and Jack and Tanner words to it? Yeah, I think most it is. Of it. Possibly your finest work. Even though I said there was a whole bit about there about how your mind is as flaccid as your penis. Which is not at all, is how I read Didn't it. Didn't love that. No, I, I read that as being uh, not at all. Okay. And that's how I meant it. Um, <laughs> Good. These cakes aren't going to fuck themselves. <laughs> These cakes aren't going to fuck themselves. <laughs> Team one, Barf, Koki, Grace, and Mari. Uh, team two. Okay, well, should Julie... we say what this is? This is where we talk oh, about Pete, Pete Black, Black moment. It's where the Pete... <laughs> yeah. it's the moment in the book where Pete Black. We well, used to just sing like a little bit of an ACDC song, and now we do the entirety of Wordsworth's Lucy Gray with new adapted lyrics. Right. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic, eat your heart out. Yeah. Okay, it's our Pete Black moment of the week. Yeah. So uh, Claudia goes through, and uh, or actually Marianne goes through and catalogs all the teams in the Bake Off. Okay. And leave some some brief notes. Right. Team one is Barf, and it's Koki, Grace, and Mari, except that Koki is out because she has um, bronchitis. Oh, and she's fine. It turns out she's okay. Thanks for asking. Team two is the out-of-towners, Julie Liu, Sinai Chow, and Celeste Basquette. Mm -hmm. Julie Um, Liu, it turns out, is older than she should be and is disqualified, and also her boyfriend- sabotaged the contest and was the criminal team three pete black erica blumberg and lauren hoffman that's another a good sms team. team probably not a team to worry about is marianne fuck you. fuck you marianne fuck you i don't know who lauren hoffman is she's a um blessed being who's walked in the presence of pete black yeah and erica blumberg is the is the underrated queen of the stony brook middle school newspaper right um. Yep, and that's how they're referred. The editors of the newspapers, when their women are called queens of the newspaper. <laughs> that's right, yeah. And when they're men, they're called kings of the newspaper. Yeah, and that is how that works. Um, and that's Pete Black. And that's the whole, yep, that's his one appearance. He got cut, his team got cut in the first round. But So he doesn't actually, no, he doesn't have a, a speaking part. Oh, he no, doesn't no, no. That's, collect that's his, the one mention. his SAG credits. That's the one mention, and okay. that's why I prepared a 15... It, that's why I spent <laughs> uh, an hour and a half today preparing a 15 stanza poem. I really want to dwell on how good it was. Do you want I, so I, do you want me to send you the poem for your notes in case there's another Pete Black moment in the oh, books? Oh, yes. Okay, and then you're not going to amend the phrasing at all, are you? I'm looking at it now. Yeah. That's when... Oh, Tanner, I need your genius. That's not something I would say. Oh, a drunk on Bordeaux. I pro- I don't. I prefer a cab. Um, 
His thoughts muddled by boundless brew. No jokes came. Yeah, no, this does seem rude, I'm realizing now. I think as long as it, you keep it fairly intact. Yeah. I'm happy for you to read this for the next Pete Black moment. Okay, that's I appreciate that, and I will probably take a few liberties with it because you got some things. I prefer you didn't, actually. Historically wrong. Um, yeah, I did send that entire poem to my wife now, just now as well. Okay, good. <laughs> and like woke her up. Yeah. <laughs> She's like the baby just got to sleep. Yeah, and then she gets a, a long poem. In her <laughs> um, good. Do we have anything else? Oh, do we figure out what the recipe for danger is? Um, There's this rat po- Can I redo this rat poison passage? Because it comes up. We sort of talked about it quite a bit in the review. Let me read you this passage about rat poison because it's unresolved. Why Ellen even put this in the book. Marianne goes to Home Depot. Yes. And the following exchange occurs. Are you finding everything you need, miss? I turned around and saw a smiling, bald-headed clerk wearing a green apron. Do you think that's the gray man? I think that's the gray man. It's the gray man. Oh, gosh. Okay. And now I'm He just scared. keeps rearing his head, huh? Yeah. And listen, it, it kind of puts into a much more interesting light what he next says, the conversation they have. If this is the gray man who, as you know, is the arch criminal who is behind all of these mysteries and he keeps turning up in book after book. I turned around and saw a smiling, bald-headed clerk wearing a green apron. I checked the list in my hand. Let's see. I have the 40-watt light bulb, the strapping tape, and the rubber plug for the bathroom sink. I guess all I'm missing is the ant poison. Here Mm. we go, miss, said the clerk, showing me the shelf where three different More sinister. Yeah, and that wasn't sinister enough. That was, like, jaunty. Yeah. Here we go, miss. Here we go, miss. Here we go, miss, said the clerk, showing too me sexy. the shelf. Too, that was too sexy? Yeah. Uglier. Here we go, miss. No, that's just angry. Hang on, hang on. Let me channel the, the gray man. Can you do that um, Cockney Pirate you did from earlier? The Cockney Pirate? Can you do the Cockney Pirate you did from earlier, but like more American? No. Okay. Cause, well, because Cockney is a big part of it. What did the Cockney Pirate there say? Here we go, miss. There we go, miss. So it's yeah, that guy, good. but American. Now, that guy is uh, actually a British actor who's been cast okay. for an American part. Okay, so I'm like one of the guys from The Wire. Yeah. I'm Idris Elba or the other or McNulty. McNulty. Okay. Okay, so let me do the British one first, and then I'm just going to make him American. Yeah. Here we go, miss. And then as an American, he says, here we go, miss. That's uh, that, and you got it perfectly. Okay, good. Said the clerk, showing me the shelf where three different types of ant poison were displayed. Which one is the strongest? I asked. We had a big ant problem in the garage, and my mom was worried that they were going to start finding their way into the kitchen if we didn't take care of them now. People have had good luck with this one, said the clerk, pointing to a brand packaged in a bright red box. It looks deadly, I said. Oh, it is, replied the clerk with a chuckle. And then that goes nowhere. They don't yeah. show the ants getting poisoned. They don't show the ants getting poisoned. And- Grace Bloom is there, and she's worried that Marianne's going to put the poison in the cake. But she doesn't. Well, doesn't she? That we know of. Well, I guess she doesn't because she got caught, right? 
Right, she Maybe got she was going to. Or maybe she did, and fucking Jackie Radowski keeps putting back time until she doesn't. Oh, yeah. He's the only one that saved us. Maybe she did, but then she was saboteured. Right. And her cake was burned, and no one ate it. Oh, and what it became was this small, gray, underproved little mass that was once Paul Hollywood. Now, nothing on a plate. Wow. And he knows that, too, is the thing. Those shockwaves ripple back to the modern day. That was the deal he made. And we have solved this mystery, and now we have solved this mystery. Paul Hollywood is Dr. Manhattan sitting on the surface of Mars contemplating (sighs) an exploded clock. And the world is underproved. Wow. (laughs) And it's all according to the gray man's plan. I am so glad that we solved this mystery... And I'm now realizing that that is what Ellen wants us to do is to solve the real mystery, and we have solved it, and we did solve it. And that's something we should start doing every week is solving the real mystery. This is the real mystery, and we did solve it. We're all but puppets in the grand puppet show. And And who's pulling the strings? Paul Paul Hollywood. And who's pulling his strings? The gray man. Yeah. And here we all are. And here we all are. And the devil laughs. Wow. And that's a meme video. (laughs) That's my meme of the week I like turtles And that's your meme of the week And this week we're both leaving And it's time to go And I am going You know that video? It's just like someone Some overblown conspiracy It's like a middle aged woman At like some kind of conference Where she's talking about Monster energy drink Okay (laughs) And she's like If you look at the monster logo It's actually 666 in Hebrew Bottoms up and the double laughs. Something to think about. Wow. <laughs> okay. And is it? Because I have had that before. You've had that? Yeah. Oh, boy. But it also says monster on it. Isn't that scary enough? Well, what's a monster, Jack? Exactly. You know who the so ultimate you... monster is? Satan. Or the gray man. And the devil laughed. Okay. And that's what she says at the end of the video. That's good. That sounds yeah. like good content. Tanner, I really would love to leave and go. Yeah, okay. Okay. And I think we should get the fuck out of here. Uh, Tanner, I would like to thank you for bearing with me this week. Yep. And Riddle Babies, I would like It was like really to... no problem. Great. And I'm glad to hear that. And Riddle Babies, I would like to thank you for bearing with us this week. And Riddle Babies, I would like to ask you a favor. Please do go immediately and subscribe to our Patreon. Yes, please. Which you can find at patreon.com. Patreon.com slash BSCC podcast. And it's very good. And we sing the intros and it's about the little sister books. And it's only $5 a month, which is not a lot in the scheme of things. And know this, Baby Nation, Mm -hmm. it goes into a shared account that Jack and I have Mm -hmm. and just sits there. Yeah. (laughs) That's so far what's been happening with it. Jack is only semi-employed. (laughs) <laughs> my future is uncertain but i do have a young son to care do li- for do you like that we have a shared bank account and we have a shared bank account one day they'll go to either a year of daycare for me in austin or a month of daycare for you in new york yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> um, thank you to everybody who has already subscribed to the patreon we really appreciate it um please take a moment Your money if you is in good hands Go and buy our merch, which you can find at bit.ly slash merch. We got a lot of great shirts and more coming as soon as Shayna finishes her Strike Against the Patriarchy t 
t-shirt design that she's working on. And please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Take a moment, give us five stars, and say a nice thing. Those are our demands. Yes, please. And upvote our reviews of these books on Tim Cook's Facebook killer. Say you found the review helpful. It's the only way we'll be able to kill <laughs> Facebook Foursquare. And the and Bon Appetit bon channel Appetit on YouTube. On YouTube, yep. Great. We've got a lot of things that we have to ask you at the end of the episode, and we have asked you all of them. And so all that remains for me is to say that this week we read a novel that was called Mystery Number 21, Claudia and the Recipe for Danger. Next week, we're going to be reading a novel called Babysitter's Club Mystery Number 22, Stacy and the Haunted Masquerade. Not interested. I think this is what Eyes Wide Shut was based on. Yeah, I've seen that, the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's based on a book? Yeah, Stacy and the Haunted Masquerade. Okay, yeah. Babysitter's Club book. Yeah. Mystery number 22. In the meantime, Riddle Babies, I have been this week, Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And please remember to this round week. off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do, Riddle Babies. Remember the Delaney's. Zendaya's Michi. And take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. Look at your M closely. There's a gap right here in the letter M. It's never connected. So you go into Hebrew. The letter Vav is also the number six. You could have here in Hebrew 666 on the can. But my interest is the word monster. What do you see in the O? There's a cross. Okay. Now, do you know what a MILF is? Yes. That's on the box. Milfs, dig it, and you will too. This is not a Christian company at all. So why would they have a cross on the can? Here is the message. Antichrist. 666 in Hebrew. And then the Bible talks about the beast in Revelation. And look at Monsters Ad. Even if the M was not the issue, you cannot deny that that is a cross. And what is witchcraft? When the cross goes upside down, bottoms up, and the devil laughs. Something to think about. Wow. That was a HeadGum Podcast.